0: This phrase goes, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And it seems like I kind of say that phrase or when I'm with my high school friends or when I'm with my buddies from college, somebody will say or do something goofy, just like you know we picked up where we were back then. I think the same thing can be said of things like um, like communication, right? Starts out with something simple as smoke signals. And then I don't know what the exact timeline would be, but... Telegraph and Morse code, and then the mail, and then the telephone, and then a mobile phone, and now video calling. All of it is just different modes of the same thing. It's interaction between people. Transportation, same thing, right? People used to walk and run, and then they figured out they could ride a horse, and they could attach a cart to a horse, and then they figured out they could put an engine on a cart and drive it around. Right? And then they figured out they could take off and fly, and then we figured out we could get into the atmosphere and go into space, and now we got cars that kind of sort of drive themselves. Um, but all the same thing, transportation, just different modes. And more compact timeline, but music is the same way, right? We had albums, and then we had 8-tracks, and then we had cassettes, and we had CDs. I know some of you guys still listen to music on CD, you've told me so. Um, And then we had MP3s and now we have streaming service. All of it different vehicles for the same thing for music. And my hope and my prayer is that the same thing might be said of Crossroads. That the more things change, the more they will stay the same. Crossroads is, was, and always will be about Jesus. And it is, was, and always will be about loving God and loving others. And for the last year or so, we've been talking about this vision statement that is going to help us pursue this idea of loving God and loving others. We feel like God is calling us into a season of growth. And please make no mistake that I am not interested in growth for growth's sake. I'm not interested in numbers, right? It would it's much easier to lead a smaller community. The bigger a community gets, the harder it is to lead. I am interested in numbers because I want people to come to know Jesus. I want their lives to be touched. I want them to get to know you guys. That's what we're looking forward to. And the way we're going to do that is together we're going to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We're going to look up. And then we're going to lean in to each other for support and for challenge. And we're going to reach out to the least and to the lost. And if we do those things, you guys, not not only will we grow but we're going to be loving God and loving others, right? And we get this idea. This is Old Testament, and this is what Jesus taught as the greatest commandments. We put that verse up there, Jared. This is found in Mark chapter 12. I think we're starting in verse 28. Jesus was kind of in this dialogue with some of the religious leaders, and he had answered a bunch of their really tough questions, and another guy comes up to him on the heels of that, and they have this conversation. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, o Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So in Jesus' words, and he's telling us those are the greatest commandments, we're pointed to three different relationships. Our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with other people, and our relationship with ourselves. And that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about this morning. As we think about our relationship with God, there are two fundamental things that God has given us and that are necessary, the Bible and prayer. Right? We start with the Bible. That's God's primary vehicle that he uses to communicate to us. Jerry, can you put up uh, the Timothy verse? This is from the uh, book of Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's the what, right? What's the Bible for? The why, to try to help us understand that, I want to read to you just a brief passage from a book called God Breathed by a guy named Josh McDowell. We may study God's word for correct beliefs. We may even obey God's word for right behavior. But what we must not forget why. The relational God of the Bible wants, to, uh, wants us to experience his love and the love of those around us. God gave us the Bible because he wants an intimate, loving relationship with us and wants us to enjoy intimate, loving relationships with others, and wants our relationships together, God and us, to extend into eternity. We absolutely, absolutely read the Bible for right belief. We read the Bible for right behavior. Belief and behavior are what shape our relationships with God and with each other. First, foremost, foundational We need to be people of the Bible, in the Bible, studying the Bible, reading the Bible. So, how are we going to do that this year? Starting next week, we are going to start a study in the book of James. That's going to take us through um, past a little bit of, of Christmas. We are going to be launching our community groups in two weeks. And those community groups, a large part of that is going to be focused on studying God's Word we, I mentioned earlier we finished up that online devotional. We're going to do another one of those later on in the year. So when we're off, when we're scattered, we can still be focused on the Word, and we can help each other. We can help each other do that. Um, and then come the spring, we are going to take uh, we're going to take a look at some of the um, we're going to take a look at the biblical answers to some of the most common questions that people have about Christianity and about Jesus. And we're gonna spend 10 weeks just, and that's when I'm really gonna be pressing on you guys to invite your family, to invite your friends. People, when people ask hard questions like, if God is so good, why is there evil in the world? Right, we're gonna try and tackle some of, the, some of the hard stuff and see what the, the Bible has to say about it. Second thing that God gave us to interact with him is prayer. We're gonna look at Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The Bible is full of verses about prayer. There are thousands of books written about prayer, but I always return to this verse because it just so plainly tells us this is God's will for us. Very common question, people, well, what's what's God's will for me? What am I pray? Right, God wants you to pray. He wants to hear how you're feeling. He wants to hear what you need. He wants to just spend time with you. He wants you to just be. And there's that, the end of that verse, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That wasn't something the author just threw on there at the end. It wasn't just an add-on. The reason why we can be joyful the reason why we can be thankful, the reason we can approach the God of the universe in prayer is because of Jesus. Because of his perfect life, his innocent death, and his triumphant resurrection. Because of Jesus, we can pray and we can be confident knowing that every prayer is heard and answered. So God gave us the Bible and he gave us prayer. Those two things, folks... Are like showing up to a knife fight with a gun right we cannot lose if we pick them up you have to pick them up right they're not just going to osmotically work for you you have to read your bible you have to engage in prayer you have to study the bible by yourself and with other people that's our relationship with god our relationship with others um jesus just set the example, as in all things, he lived this life better than anybody ever did, ever will. And it was just a life of selfless, selfless service. Um, the, the first verse that I want to take a look at is from the book of Matthew. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. <clears throat> We use a phrase nowadays called hot mess, right? If you're all over the place, your brain is wherever, life is moving 1,000 miles an hour, I'm a hot mess. Jesus made a career of stepping into hot messes. He wasn't a hot mess, but he did not find a hot mess in a person that he was not willing to step into. Illness, possession, just death. He stepped into every one of those messes, and he didn't back away from them. He didn't tell people, "Oop, <laughs> that. I'm not going to do that. He didn't say, go clean yourself up and then come back to me. He stepped into the mess, met people where they were, and started on the road to where he created them to be. We need to be people who are willing to step into that hot mess doesn't matter what it is. If you're struggling financially, if you're struggling with family, relationships, health, your faith, Crossroads has always been a place of healing, and it's going to continue to be that. Our doors are wide open, and whatever you got going on, whatever hot mess there is, this is a place where in Christ you can find rest. Um, so hot mess. The second thing that Jesus did is he broke every single barrier pretty much that existed. Racial, ethnic, financial, demographic, whatever kind of invisible walls were set up, Jesus knocked them down. Jerry, could you put up the Colossians 3 verse? Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. There's that thought again, right? In Christ. I don't need to tell anybody how divided our country is right now. And that division just seems to be getting bigger and bigger. There is no greater need right now than for us to be the love of Christ to a world, to each other, that everywhere we look, all we see is divisiveness, and fighting and quarreling and harsh words. Crossroads is not your typical suburban church and I am so thankful for that. And I am so thankful for people like Heidi and Natalie who for years had just been praying that God would make this a place of diversity. Crossroads, your background, your race, your ethnicity, your bank account, none of it matters. Doesn't matter. In Christ, there is no gentile or Jew, circumcised, race, ethnicity. None of it matters. Last thing. There's lots of things that we could talk about, but the last thing that I want to touch on, I think in the notes I just called it "pick up, pick stuff up, pick things up." Jesus, over and over and over again, met practical needs. He literally carried loads for people, and that, in turn, opened doors to spiritual conversations and to meet spiritual needs. Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For us, you guys, this means things like sharing childcare duty, making a meal for somebody when when they got a lot going on, offering rides for people. Who need rides, being a shoulder to cry on, being a set of big strong shoulders to pick stuff up and move things. Jesus picked up the biggest load in all of history when he put that cross on his shoulder. He carried the weight of the sin of humanity from the beginning of time on into the future. Jesus is willing to carry that load. We need to be willing to carry the burdens of each other and of a lost and a hurting world. So when people come together for the purposes of loving God and loving others, and we do that intentionally, it's called the church. In the Bible, the church is described as a body, one body with many parts, each part with a specific role to play and your role your role my role we each have these roles is made up of three things your identity your gifts talents and abilities that's one thing and your experiences in that order your identity as designed by jesus is in jesus your identity is not your race it's not your ethnicity It's not your sexual orientation, it's not your gender, it's not your bank account, it's not how many likes, followers, or subscribers you have on social media, it's not the before and after pictures from your latest Whole30 that you just finished. The world will tell you that those things should be your identity, but they're not. When we make those things our identity, life can be really hard, and it can hurt and it can be disappointing, and it can be anxiety-creating, and just depressing, because none of those things were meant to be your identity, were meant to be my identity. God created us to be in relationship with him. That relationship happens in Christ. When we come into relationship in Christ, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. That's your identity. Your identity as designed by Jesus is in Jesus. Your gifts, talents, and abilities. God has given everyone who calls on his name at least one gift. And those gifts are so important to this body. They are given, your gifts were given to you by Jesus, for Jesus, and for other people whether those are gifts like the band of music, or gifts like administration, or teaching, or mercy, or praying, or working with kids, or hanging out with seniors, those were given to you by Jesus for his glory and for the good of his people. And when you don't use them, you suffer, we suffer, and the name of Jesus suffers, because his church is not everything that it was meant to be. Your gifts were given to you by Jesus, for Jesus and his people. The last piece of that, your life experiences. Your life experiences were ordained by God before the creation of the world. God dreamt about you. He had you in mind specifically before creation. Nothing that has happened to you, nothing that will happen to you surprised him. So you guys listen to me. The rough parts of my life, and we all have stuff, right? We all have rough parts. The fact that growing up, my dad struggled with alcohol, and that, that alcohol, led to my parents' divorce, Right, the fact that I've lost loved ones, people that I care about, the fact that I have people that I care about that struggle with mental health, the fact that I myself have wrestled with depression, none of that, none of that means that God is mad at me or that I've done something wrong. God allowed, created those experiences for me. Without them, I could not do the things that he's wanted me to do. I could not glorify his name and grow his kingdom in the way that he specifically designed me to do. The flip side of that is this, is that I grew up in a home where my mom and my sister loved me selflessly and taught me what it meant to look out for the underdog. I grew up in the comfort of Fairfield County, Connecticut. I played on championship teams in high school and in college. I got out of school, and I got a great job. And I made money. I married my best friend. I have amazing kids. And I now have the job of my dreams. None of that means that God loves me any more than anybody else. Those are all the experiences that God ordained for me from the beginning so that I could be right where I am right now to do what He wants me to do. And it's the exact same thing for you. Your experiences, the hard ones and the great ones, were ordained by God before the creation of time. In Christ, you are precious. In Christ, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Christ, you were worth dying for. This whole thing, you guys, why we're here, why I'm here, why each of you are here on this given Sunday is no mistake. It's all because of Jesus. In Jesus... We can approach God the Father with confidence. We can pick up the Bible, a book that's thousands of years old, and know that when we are in Christ, we will understand it because of God who resides in us, the Holy Spirit will give us the understanding of his word. In Christ, we know that when we pray, those prayers are heard and answered. In Christ, we are given new hearts our hearts of stone are replaced with hearts of flesh that are bigger, stronger, more loving, capable of seeing past worldly exteriors and into people's hearts so that we might lean in to each other for challenge and for support, and that we might reach out into the hot messes of the world and invite them in to rest in Christ in Christ the coming days and weeks and months and years things are going to change people are going to change some of the ways we do things will change but the part about being in Christ will not change the part about loving God and loving others will not change and like I said at the beginning if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and we lean into each other, and we reach out to the world, not only are we going to grow, folks, not only are we going to grow, but we're going to be loving God and loving others.